Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the Talru story with my friend Thad Price. How's it going, Thad? Hey, I'm great, Joe. How about yourself? Doing great, doing great. So, Thad, please introduce yourself and your company where you're calling from today. Hey, I'm Thad Price. I'm a CEO. I like to refer to as the Chief Evangelist Officer here at uh, Talru from Austin, Texas. Very nice. What does Tauru do? Well, first off, spell Tauru and then tell us what <laughs> Tauru does. <laughs> well, there's a there's a cool story behind it. So everyone asks me, you know, how do you how did you create this name Tauru for your company? And you know, so the first off is we started looking for ways that we could show the connection between talent and recruiting. And the whole key is bringing great talent and great recruiters together. And when we bring great talent and great recruiters together for companies. There's harmony. And that intersection is what drives us, the intersection of talent and recruiting. So Tauru is T-A-L-R-O-O. And uh, it's been an interesting story getting here. And we're excited to share more of our story. Excellent. Excellent. Well, guys, just in case uh, you're wondering, we are going to talk about talent and recruiting specifically for our industry. I know Thad touches on some other market segments, but we're going to talk today about the challenges right now of getting good labor. And we're talking about Jobs like it, moving parcels, warehousing, trucking, last mile. There's just so many, so many challenges these days getting talent. And I know right now the the economy softening a little bit, but I think I heard somebody say this ten years ago: is the labor shortage is here for a, a long time now. We're going to have it, and it's and it's specifically in a lot of jobs that are kind of entry level lower skilled jobs, but they still have to be done. We learned during COVID that the people who are doing those, uh, those essential functions, we didn't value them enough. And then they said, the hell with it. I'm not getting COVID. I'll go home. And we found out the world was a very bad place at that moment. So anyway, Dad, let's talk a little bit about what, how Tauru does things differently than others when it comes to going and getting talent and recruiting that talent. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for years, companies, when they look to hire individuals, it's been a, we refer to in the industry for years as this post and pray model. So you post a job and you pray you get candidates. And, you know, for for a number of years, that's worked. It doesn't work at the rate that it did. <laughs> that's for sure. And we help companies bring more of a recruitment marketing approach to finding talent. And what I mean by that is, is Traditional advertising over the last few years has, has changed and provided a lot of data-driven ways in which you can reach the right audiences for your products and services. And so our idea is how we can help companies reach the right audiences and the right talent audiences for jobs based on who you're looking to hire. So, you know, we power today almost 2 billion job searches, people looking for jobs, and through that, we allow companies to surface candidates and to find candidates that can help grow their business. And of course, logistics is one of the largest areas of Tauru. We help companies like UPS, FedEx, McLean, and others to be able to drive candidates to their applicant tracking system and their career site to then bring them into their hiring funnel 
more effectively than other solutions in the marketplace today. So moving from, I like to say, moving from post and pray to post and produce. And this is how, this is, you know, the evolution of advertising, you know, in other markets over the last 20 years. So just so I'm clear, if I go to your website, Tauru.com, is that what it is? So if I went to Tauru.com, yeah, that's right. is it, it, you said it's driving me to other people's sites? Yeah. Yeah. So how it works is a company works with us and usually they have an applicant tracking system and their applicant tracking system handles, you know, where all the recs are published, all the job postings are published. And then what we do is we then import the jobs that are listed at your career site or your applicant tracking system. We import those jobs into our platform, what we refer to as the Tauru ad platform. And then our customers, along with our client success team, will actually work and create campaigns with your team. And those campaigns are, you know, let's call them job advertising campaigns, where we will where we will actually advertise those jobs for you, set goals of what you're looking for on a targeted cost per application basis or other goals that you're looking for. And we will, our system will work to find the best places for you to spend your money and the best places for you to advertise your jobs to find the right audiences that you're looking to attract to drive your hiring goals. I like it. You know, I I will say this, my experience, and I haven't looked for a job in a, a while, but I do remember, I think it was right in 2008 when there's the bankruptcies in automotive. I was like, oh, okay. I had not really ever looked for a job in the last, like for a long time at that point. And I remember going on different sites. I won't mention their names, but I remember finding jobs that I thought, oh, that I could fit into that. And then there was a few. I found a few that I was like, I am absolutely positively the perfect candidate. Everything they're describing and I remember creating, you know, kind of modifying my resume slightly to kind of highlight this and maybe cover letter and then just kind of submitting my resume for that opportunity and thinking, well, it won't be long as soon as they see my resume and see this is an exact match and they're going to reach out. And what I found out <laughs> was nobody reaches out and not even a, F you, Joe, don't ever send us any messages again. No, nothing. And I got so soured to that was like, and I started realizing like how demoralizing that felt. Like I felt insulted that I spent all this time. And and I know no, it, it was no personal slight on me. I don't, I don't think. Maybe maybe I should maybe reconsider that, but I don't. No, think it's that... <laughs> not you. It's it's not you. It's the industry. That's but it was sure. it was the, the it was hole. so demoralizing to be out of work and then find the perfect job and think the perfect job didn't respond with, "Hey Joe, you seem like a great fit, but we already hired for that." Oh, no, not even a response. Not even an automated response. Nothing. And I felt like, oh my god, I hated that. So you bring up a great point. I mean, that's rule number one if companies are having problems finding talent is ensuring ensure that your recruiting team is connecting with talent in at least, I would say, 48 hours. And what we found is there's, there's a lot of studies around sales-generated leads and marketing-generated right. leads, and we've all probably read them, right? You know, the whole idea is as soon as someone submits a form – to, or request for information or a demo or whatever it may be, your your sales team needs to call them within a couple hours. 
Right. And otherwise, uh, and, and a lot of times they just move to the next problem otherwise. That's right. Or your competitor. They've moved to your competitor. And that's actually what we've been seeing in the last few years in the hiring process is because there are so many jobs that have been there's the need is 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 um so high the employers that connect in a faster period of time with candidates that apply win right because the candidate is looking for a responsive employer and so that's rule number one is, you know, if you're having problems hiring and you're not hitting your objectives, look at your recruiting process and see what the time is when someone applies that you're recruiting or that your hiring managers are actually contacting your talent. It's rule number one. Yep. And I know it's not also easy. I, I for a short time, worked with a friend and we had uh, talked about doing some recruiting business and some staffing. And I remember him showing me, he was a very experienced recruiter and this was, he had all these resumes. He goes, you have, you can spend no more than three seconds on these. And I was like, what? And he goes, this is an entry level position. So the first thing I want you to do is look at when they graduated from college. And I was like, and he goes, if they didn't graduate in the last few years, they're not entry level. And I was like, oh, okay. Three seconds. And he's just go, 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 go. And I was like, oh, wow. And so people are spending all this time on creating resumes. And then somebody either manually with a piece of paper or online is filtering because they have to go through hundreds, maybe thousands of applications. And that's not easy for them either. You're right. You're right. I think that's, you know, one of the opportunities in this industry is to drive quality in a better direction. I mean, I think we've made it easy for the job seeker to apply, which I think is terrific for the job seeker. But with that, you know, we have to ensure that there's a, a good amount of balance on quality, that we're matching the right job seekers to the right jobs, and we're matching, we're matching the right employers to the right job seekers. And that's one of the things that's very important to us here at Tauru and ensuring when we release and we improve our product that we're looking at both sides of that equation. Yep. Excellent. So I want to talk a little bit about you. So uh, and then I want to come back and talk about some of the market segments you serve. So I, I know you didn't, you're not the founder of Tauru, but you are part of that early founding team. So tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? And then give us some career highlights before you joined Tauru and then why you joined Tauru. Yeah. So I'm originally from the East Coast. I'm from a small town in Virginia on the Chesapeake Bay. And so very small town. I had about 92 in my 92, 93 in my graduating class. Wow. And yeah, very small, great. I would call it Hallmark Channel town, you know, <laughs> just especially this time like of year. Like Austin. <laughs> maybe Austin probably like 30 or 40 years ago but it's it's grown a lot here that's for sure so I moved to a I moved to a small town I went to school at Mary Washington University at the time it was Mary Washington College and that was in a, another interesting historic town Fredericksburg Virginia oh wow and so yeah so moved to moved to Fredericksburg Virginia and you know I was in college I, I was um, majoring when I started I was actually majoring in chemistry because I wanted to be a pharmacist and, um, you know, taking a lot of the pre-pharmacy courses. And then I had a terrific economics professor and just, I really enjoyed the idea of data and history and all the things that can drive decision-making processes and, you know, 
everything. I, I felt it was a fusion of everything that I loved. And it, it's also great having terrific, a terrific professor as well. And so ended up majoring in that. And while I was in college, I responded to a newspaper ad, you know, newspaper ad for hiring. And uh, there was a small, there was a small internet company, a startup internet company in this little historic area of Fredericksburg that was looking to hire. And the gentleman, the founder there was, he was a headhunter and he had created a way where you can match job seekers with headhunters online, which is great, right? right. If you're an executive and you want to meet headhunters, like, how do you do that? That's hard at scale. And so he started this, he started this business. And I ended up working as in customer service and I was in school. I needed some extra money and, and, uh, so started working customer service and I was, was then promoted to, to manage customer service. And then at that time, this was probably in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, there was a lot of things happening in a lot of things happening online. Right? Oh yeah, it was a big move to online classifieds. It was right, right God, before the dot com bust, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's a lot of things moving and shaking in classifieds, and of course, employment classifieds was a big piece of that. But also, you know, everything classifieds. And so we he had he had a vision to build a a destination for jobs, and this was when. Career Builder and Monster and even Hot Jobs, right? You know, were some of the top were some of the top companies. So he had, so we had we had looked at how we could basically build a job board. And I, again, I was in customer service, managing customer service at the time. And so um, he had he had created a deal to purchase the job.com domain name. Nice. And what a great domain name, right? Kind of what it is. And so uh, I was there for you know over ten years. Had a great experience. Cut my teeth in you know, sales, business development, pretty much a little bit of everything. And then about almost ten years ago now, I met the founder of of Tauru and had a great relationship with one of the other kind of founding members from a sales perspective. We'd done business for many years, and at that time that version of the business was jobs to careers and jobs to careers was a job aggregation. So right. all jobs, one site kind of vertical search engine. And I was intrigued by the business. I was intrigued by their scale. Again, this was, this was, you know, almost 10 years ago. And I was, I was actually partnered with them, you know, at job.com. And I saw, you know, the level of activity, and the applicants and everything that was happening. I was really impressed. Um, I was impressed that this was a startup and they were, from my perspective, they were driving as much value to the business I was working for as Indeed, which was, you know, now Indeed is Indeed, right? And this was almost, this was almost 10 years ago. And, and so anyway, one, one thing led to another. The team said they were moving the business to, from the Bay Area because they had incubated in the Bay Area. And the team said they were moving it from the Bay Area to Austin. And they said, you want to join us? And I said, well, I've never heard anything negative about Austin. And so, you know, asked my wife and she said, sure, let's go. Let's start our life together in Austin almost 10 years ago. And so moved and started in product and looked at using a lot of my industry knowledge that I had over the past 12 years or so, you know, and all of my customer service, 
you know, customer service, business development, sales, everything that I had had, you know, experience in, in, in product and, you know, just continued to, we continued to grow the business. We want to, you know, fast 50 in Austin, I think six years in a row. Wow. And it's been just, it's been a great story. And so, you know, I, I ended up managing and leading engineering and product. And then when Bruce, our, our founder and CEO at the time, he said, okay, it's now your turn. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step up to chairman and you're going to take a step up to, to CEO. And at first I was like, well, this is new. I haven't done this before. <laughs> I've got a lot of lessons to learn. Thankfully I have a great support system and, uh, you know, it's been a terrific, continues to be a terrific experience. And at that time, when I was making the move, you know, I mentioned earlier that we were jobs to careers. We were an aggregator. We were a job search right. engine. And that's kind of what, it, that's kind of what Indeed does, right? They take anywhere yeah, I post exactly. my job, it ends up on Indeed, right? Or I, I have to pay that's for right. that. That's right. So in, kind of in, Indeed's like a destination, right? So, you know, they, they want you to go to Indeed and search for jobs, right? And, and one of the things we found was that, you know, it, it was hard being a job board. Right. It still is. Right. It's hard being like a point destination where there are many of us. It's a highly fragmented industry. There are a lot of job boards out there. There are tons. I just every once in a while, just to get a sense for the market, go on logistics and type in logistics and indeed or transportation or supply chain. And what's crazy is you get CEO jobs and then you get temporary parcel jobs. Right. All of them. And yeah, so it's it's not it's not easy. I, I feel bad for, I shouldn't say feel bad for, I know they have a challenge when people go and search and they want to say, I'm going to connect you with the absolute right five jobs, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. it it's, it's definitely not easy. So, you know, when we, when we made the move to Tauru, the idea was, you know, could we open up our technology and allow customers to, partners, I should say, allow partners to actually use our technology. And then because of that, could we extend our reach beyond just jobs to careers and leverage and allow employers to access talent audiences wherever they may be. So they could be on jobs to careers, they could be on other sites that we may work with. And so this idea of an easy way to think about it is, you know, that a lot that a few folks in the industry use is can you turn the internet into a help wanted sign, right? Instead of saying, you know, I'm going to advertise on this one site. Can we actually just use technology to actually, you know, find the right audiences wherever they may be. And, and in that situation, when you focus on that, that could be, that could be much larger than a point destination that is jobs to careers. And so that's Tauru and that's the platform that we built. And today, you know, Tauru isn't a necessarily a job seeker brand or a job seeker product. We have ideas of, of where we want to go with that, but Tauru today is more of a, today at least, is more of a B2B brand where when we work with, you know, some of the companies I mentioned, you know, they work with Tauru and then Jobs to Careers, which is how we got our start, is really the job seeker identity, right? It's the gateway into how we think about finding the right audiences and how we connect job seekers to jobs. So you mentioned you work with UPS, FedEx, McLean, uh, so big, big dogs in the industry. What problem are you solving for them at Tauru? Yeah. So they're looking to hire right now. They're, they're all investing in, in holiday hiring to ensure that they're driving top of funnel candidates 
that they can hire to meet their objectives, of course, with right. the busy holiday season, seasonal hiring. So, you know, companies advertise jobs and they advertise the jobs and then we drive the candidates and the job seekers directly to their ATS in their career site. And then the job seekers apply. Wait, what is a, what is ATS? ATS is an applicant tracking system. So, you know, think of an applicant tracking system like a CRM, right? Like a, like a CRM, but for candidates. And so many companies invest in applicant tracking systems to force a recruiting process because they're like staged, you know, experiences in a similar way that companies invest in CRMs to force a customer connection right? And to track what's happening, you know, through customers. And that's, that's, you know, how, why a lot of companies use applicant tracking systems. So we've seen a lot of success in a lot of moves in applicant tracking systems, you know, and processes over the last few years. So how, how do you drive? I mean, how do you drive traffic to their ATS? Yeah. So, you know, we, with jobs to careers and kind of the tower profile, we have over 50 million. We have a talent platform of over 50 million Job ah, there you go. <laughs> so we have we have that talent platform, and then because we power over you know almost two billion job searches a month through Jobs to Careers and other sites that may be leveraging our search, that gives us the ability to reach candidates at the right time at the right place, right? And so that's what it's all about: reaching right candidates at the right, right time at the right place and right cost, right? Because that's very important now as well. So, so these guys pay you, is it a monthly fee or how's that work with, with UPS, FedEx, the McLean's of the world? Yeah. So usually when companies transact with us and they invest with us to drive candidates, usually what they're doing is they're investing similar to Google on a pay-per-click basis. So for every click, you know, that happens to their site or to their career site, there's some charge, some event, again, just like advertising, similar to advertising on Google. Now, what's cool is usually what we do is we target a goal where a, cu a customer may say, hey, you know, I'm, my hire rate is, I don't know, 2% and I'm willing to pay $15 per applicant because based on my, right. you know, based on my hiring budget, you know, if I drive X amount of applicants and my hire rate is 2%, then I can, I can hit the cost per hire goal that I'm being held accountable to. Right. And so what we do is when we when we sync the jobs directly from the applicant tracking system or we work with your team to do that, then we set a target cost per application goal. And so what's cool is when someone submits an applicant, we're using that data signal to then find the right audiences that work for you. Right. So we I say we we scale up what works and we scale back what doesn't. So that we're using your budget more effectively. Right. And by the way, before we hit record, we were blathering on way too long. Now we used to follow our time, um, but about essential workers. And you said that the world kind of learned during COVID how important essential workers were. And it's not just doctors and nurses. It's there's so many essential workers that we had. And you, you said this is a big part of the profile you guys are chasing. So what kind of, what are these typical jobs that you're helping in transportation, logistics, and supply chain? Yeah. So, you know, right now, a lot of warehouse, a lot of warehouse, delivery driver, CDL. Now, when you say did delivery driver, do you mean truck drivers over the road or is it more last mile kind of stuff? Both, both, you know, we have access to both. So it's, it's really, it's really all of the above. You know, we've seen that there's been a huge focus around the last mile, especially 
you know, in the last few years. And, you know, last mile has moved into different products and industries that I don't think we actually thought is as last mile. Some of it's turning into B2B is a common now <laughs> to have B2B last mile because I think people started realizing, I guess I can sell online now and my people will buy from me online. And so why not? I guess if it works, it works, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. But I think, you know, we learned that, you know, I was in a, I was at a conference and we actually had a, a speaker a few months ago at a customer summit that we hosted here in Austin. And it was interesting because you know, this the speaker professor at, at Brown and was sharing more about how important, you know, the entire logistics system is to the economy. Right. And, and, and I think we all felt that, right. You know, over the last few years, and I don't know if we ever, I don't, I don't know if we ever felt that at that level before, unless for at least folks that were outside of the industry didn't feel that of how important everything was. And it becomes very strategic and becomes, you know, a security, a security risk. In many cases as well. Yeah, and and when you think about what's happened, we we all know about the changes. We know last mile. We we've experienced that. But what's also happening there is we're moving warehouses. Ten years ago, if someone was to say, "Joe, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna start selling direct to consumers," you'd say, "Well, open a facility in Indiana, and you're one day you're one day from 65 percent of the population in the United States. One day, and then you're two days from a big chunk, right?" That doesn't work anymore. Now we want same day, next day. So now I'm talking to somebody who says, okay, well, we need a warehouse in Texas. I need one somewhere out in the Midwest. I maybe want one some out, out east. And they are oftentimes, if it's depending on the, you know, the, the warehouse, it could be in the city. They're smaller. And that means we have to hire a lot of people. And I heard somebody say, we have more warehouse space than we have good warehouse workers. And who's going to run all those warehouses? And also, the one thing we talked about, and maybe you can elaborate on, is anybody listening, do you have a, a young person in your life who you say, oh, that sounds great. I hope they can work in a warehouse for the rest of their life. No, you want them to be able to go to that warehouse and have some sort of career trajectory. So I know you met, you mentioned that, how important that was. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So you know, when, when I chat with companies and I share with and they share the pain that they're having hiring today. You know, what we've been seeing in the industry is a lot of the supply of workers has shifted some to more of this shift-based work or, you know, app-based work, you know, that yeah, we've been gig seeing economy, over the last few yep. years. Gig economy. And, and COVID accelerated a lot of that, right? Because we didn't want to leave. We didn't want to leave our house. We wanted people to deliver to us whether it was food or whether it was you know something from Target or you know as we were chatting earlier about we wanted people to deliver things to our home and i look at what i look in some certain cases I, I look at my mom and dad they never used apps before to deliver things but because you know they're over 60 you know it was they used apps to deliver because they didn't want to leave now they use them all the time. Oh right? yeah, I got my and, mom. And used, so there's... My mom's eighty something. She's using uh, sh shipped. Yeah, exactly. So you know that happened. That was a forcing function of of you know all of this. And so you know the problem that I see is 
in recruitment marketing, one of the one of the keys you need to focus on is is brand, right? Your brand. How are you helping and how are you supporting a career as a business? And the one thing I think we all have to think about is when you think about an entry-level warehouse worker, the first thing you should do is you should think about a battle card. You know, when you're selling products and you're selling against your competitors, you know, your your product marketing function has probably equipped you with battle cards. Like, this is why our product is better than this competitor. This right. is why, and there's probably a few of those, right? If you're, you know, if, if you're successful in, in building that. You should think of that same battle card process when you're looking for talent. Like, who are you competing well, with? You're marketing and to them. I think you're marketing to them, right? It's recruitment marketing. And one of the things I find that, that a lot of businesses they know the obvious ones, right? They know their competitors. They know who has who has the warehouse down the street, and and you know they know that. But they don't necessarily think of Uber, Lyft, right. DoorDash, all these other you know gig economy opportunities. And so I think that's a big problem because the individual that's looking to start out with a warehouse position is also thinking of well, maybe I can just you know work when I want to work in an in a right. app-based marketplace, right? And embrace the gig economy. And so what you have to do is you have to ensure that when you're working with and you're advertising and you're showcasing why a job seeker should choose you over one of these other opportunities, you have to think, this is transactional, right? The gig economy opportunities are transactional. It's I'm going to deliver something and I'm going to get some cash. Right. What you're providing is a career. And you have to showcase that through testimonials, through career testimonies within your company. You have to embrace that. And all that's very important. And it's really important to ensure that you, someone sees you as, this isn't just a transactional job. This is a career. Just early in my career, I never thought I would be in the position I'm in. But you know what? I hunkered down. I, I started in customer service, managed customer service, spent time, proved value. And, you know, had a great career at the company before. Same thing happened with Tauru, but had a great career with the company before Tauru as well. And I think we, I think we forget that, right? It's about the clearing opportunity. Yeah. By the way, I always say follow the leader in when it comes to these businesses. And you look at Amazon is one of the leaders. And I, I see a lot of Amazon commercials. And I see them on YouTube, so I don't even watch much TV. But Amazon's making the point that, that you hear them say this. I make triple what I once made. I got trained in robotics. I got trained in these systems. So they're making this like, okay, you might start off making 15, 18 bucks an hour at Amazon. And it seems like all I'm doing is working on a conveyor belt all day. But they're making the point that you're going to get trained in something else. And that if you stick around, and by the way, we've all heard also how many CEOs from the Fortune 500 first job was McDonald's. So McDonald's making the point, hey, get we don't expect you to be, be a fry cook 20 years from now. We expect you to be a CEO somewhere. So you got to make that point that, yeah, you, this is a great job and it's on, a, on a, a, an escalator, a, a ladder, you know, and it's not just show up here and um, totally agree. dead end. And by the way, we've done a poor job in a lot of industries. I think if I work in a warehouse, if I start driving last mile, I, I want to think there's something else for me next. This is not what I'll be doing 10 years from now. Yeah. And I think 
And I think the, the more conversations that, that leaders can have with your team on where you go and grow, the more effective your hiring will be, the more effective your, your retention will be. All of that's so important. You, know, you need to have the conversation early and often with your team of where they can go and grow because that's what people want. And it's funny when we were, when we were having discussions here at Tauru about when hiring, and still hiring is still high, but at least in some of our other positions, when we're, when we're thinking about hiring and we knew that recruiters were reaching out to our people, it's just, just how it goes. You know, one of the things you have to think about is if someone doesn't necessarily know where they can go and grow, then it's easier for them to be recruited because they're, they don't have a, they don't have any idea of what their next step is. So that's why career, a career ladder is so important for everyone versus being in a situation where they don't know where they can go and grow and have a recruiter reach out and immediately try to give them something different than that they don't have today. But they knew if they knew what was in it for them in the future, then you wouldn't have to worry about it. Right. Right. Well, it reminds me years ago, I had launched a program and it was a car program and and we launched this new car in Thailand. And I thought, oh, this was great experience, but you know, I'm done. I'm not going to stick around and do the continuous improvement on this product. So I started, this tells you how long ago I was faxing my resume (laughs) because a lot of, and I remember the fax machine, of course, wasn't working. By the way, for all of you uh, who are too young to remember, the fax machine always knew when you were sending your resume because it wouldn't send. And so I sent it, I sent it, I sent it. And finally, I w- ran out. I, I went went home for the day and I came in in the morning and the five of my resumes were sitting on my desk and there was a sticky note from my boss saying, hey, when you give it, get a minute, come in and see me. <laughs> like, and he goes, just want to let wow. you know, just because your product launched that there's so many. I, I, and then he goes, Let's get together later today. And then that week I was promoted to a better job. And But I didn't think that I was going to get that promotion. I thought this is done. So had they not found my resume, <laughs> they would – and no one wants to be caught that way. But anyway, enough of my blather. We wasted all of our time here. I wasted too much time blabbing ahead of time. And now you know I'm going to lose you in a minute. But who's the sweet spot for you? Who's the kind of companies that you work with the most? And what kind of jobs do you help recruit mostly? It's mostly in logistics. It's mostly warehouse related. You know, I think that there's a huge need and, you know, we have a lot of candidates and job seekers that are looking for those positions. So I would say, you know, if we had to say top industry, you know, this is the top industry for us. Second would probably be, I would say retail, anything that's retail related. Third, I would say, you know, I mean, it's specifically within our logistics and warehousing space. So that's kind of where you're, I know that's your sweet spot. But um, is the kind of companies you work with are they small, medium, large? I, large, medium. Yep. Yeah, large and medium. Because they're hiring the we most. We don't really have a. They're hiring a lot. We're working on a small business product, which we're very excited about. I think when that's ready, we'll be able to move and help. A lot of small businesses because there's more pain in many cases with small businesses than some of oh, the yeah. enterprise businesses and a lot of it is because they don't have the tools the budget the people to deploy a strategy a recruitment strategy you know like some of the larger and, and mid-sized companies do so we think there's a huge void in the industry right now with small businesses and we're working on a pretty interesting um, solution and would love to 
and we'd love to come back and and share with you more about that business. I think this is this is the nature of the logistics and transportation business right now is it's all about partnering up, whether it's for your technology or for your recruiting. It, it, and I think the industry is used to that. You know, we're used to freight brokers depend on trucking companies, trucking companies depend on freight brokers, 3PLs. We're all used to the idea that we need to partner up. We can't all have infinite capability. And, you know, this right now, I, I heard people say it over and over again in the last six months that hiring, especially in warehouses, is really tough. And again, we got to make that a better job. We got to make it part of the supply chain. Anyway, I know I'm going to lose you. So Thad, I want to hear what's next for you, what's next for Tauru, and then what's next for this industry and when it comes to hiring. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when I think of the business and I think of what's next for Tauru and what's next for me, I think it's it's all connected to this idea of helping companies truly find the right employees to drive their business forward. And, you know, in our world, you know, as I said earlier, we're we're spending most of our time today with enterprise businesses and mid-market businesses, but I believe hiring is completely flawed with small businesses. Not the small businesses problem, but the tools that small businesses can use to hire. And so that's what's next for us is we've got some great ideas and we're implementing them. And soon we'll be investing in you know a few tools for small businesses to use to really think about this idea of recruitment marketing, but bring recruitment marketing to everyone and allow small businesses to deploy a recruitment marketing strategy that's more effective. I'll give you a great example for small businesses. You know, when we think of a small business today, the tools available for a small business to understand how much they have to pay to be competitive, competitive in a market is very limited. A lot of the data isn't real time. We have a lot of that data. And so we think that there's a huge opportunity for us to help small businesses understand what they need to pay to be successful, what the requirements of a job needs to be so they're successful, and to create a better way in which we can automate this recruiting process that today is still very manual for people. And so I'm excited to see us move into this into this area because you know today we've done we've spent all of our energy and we've done a tremendous job helping a lot of the enterprise companies deliver candidates and deliver hires and using our technology to be able to do that. The next phase is well let's go beyond the delivery mechanism and let's go into the recruiting mechanism. And the recruiting mechanism is very different than the de- than the, the delivery mechanism, especially when a lot of small businesses don't have recruiting teams. The recruiting team is the owner, is the manager, all of these things. And there is, there's a recruiting practice that is very important. And we don't think that there's a lot of tools today and a lot of technology today out there that is feasible from a cost perspective for small businesses to use to really be effective recruitment marketers. Right. Well, you know, it's, I typically have not heard the term recruitment marketer or recruitment marketing. And you normally hear like, oh, okay, I'll post jobs and then people will apply. But that's not, you know, the, the, funny, a, a website guy I know said, he goes, that whole thing you heard on Field of Dreams where they said, build it and they will come. That's not true for your website. <laughs> and it's probably not true for your job board either. Just because you said, hey, I put this out there and I put some keywords on the internet and it said warehouse job in Peoria. 
don't be surprised if you don't get flooded with candidates. You need somebody who can drive traffic to your website, who can actually market. And again, marketing implies that I'm going to make this an attractive offering, not just, hey, this is the way, this is the way our HR team wrote it up and that's how we're going to spit it out. Maybe we need to spruce that up a little bit. Maybe I need to make that job look attractive. So somebody says, by the way, it reminds me of a company years ago that I worked at. And um, I said, why is everybody called clerk here? And they said, well, that's what they are. They're clerks. I said, they're managing customers. They're, they're, customer, they're either customer service. And I said, I would go so far as to say they're managing accounts. I would much rather me myself be called an account manager than clerk. <laughs> and and you kind of go, is it the same job? Yes, it's the same job. But account manager sounds like I got a decent job saying, going home and go, hey, mom, I got my first gig out of college. What are you? I guess I'm going to be a clerk. <laughs> and you, you brought up a really great point earlier when we were kicking off our discussion this morning about how job seekers, you know, looking in industries, seek out businesses that embrace technology and you mentioned production bonuses in 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 warehouses you know that immediately had me thinking you know how do we help a company surface how we're different than every other warehouse job and so if you have these tools and you offer these tools like i bet we could read a hundred warehouse job descriptions today and i bet 80 percent of those job descriptions uh, those companies have that equipment, but I guarantee you it's not in a job description. But the job seeker cares about it because we said earlier they won't accept a job if they if they don't have the tools to be successful. That's what's missing right now is we need to surface all of the ways companies can help job seekers be successful in the all-powerful job ad. Yeah, and it's funny. I mentioned the title. No big deal. Yeah, but the, it's no big deal to switch from clerk. I always said to the owner, they're all getting paid the same. It's just they're all happier. And then I said, and then we're going to get business cards for them. And they're like, because they don't need business cards. I go, they're like 15 bucks for a couple hundred business cards. And they can, who knows, maybe they have an uncle they give that business card to and they ends up being a customer. But I said, it's look at it as, if you don't want to look at it as an opportunity for sales, look at it as an opportunity to make these people who work for us, who we need to, um, to feel good, to go, hey, I'm no longer a clerk. I got a business card that says I'm an account manager, right? And it's these little things. And I think this is what, you know, again, when you say we're recruitment marketing, it implies we're going to look at, is this an accurate description? Can we spruce that up in a way that's not dishonest, but makes the job a more attractive gig, you know? And absolutely, job titles are one of the reasons why job seekers respond to jobs or they don't respond to jobs. Oh, yeah. And most most small businesses don't think of that. So that's a great example of how we think that there's a huge opportunity in the industry. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I know I went way over my time. So apologize to your team for me making you late. But um, I'm gonna, what I'll do is I'll put a link to Tauru website. If you give that to me, I'll put that in the show notes. I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile. And any other links you your marketing team gives me, I'll put those in the show notes. And um, are, do you guys go to logistics conferences at all? We haven't in the past. Oh, come on, man. You got to go. But we'd love to. If, if you have a few suggestions, we would love to attend. Yeah. I to. just talked to Courtney from Manifest. And Manifest is going to be huge this year. It's in Vegas in January. I will be there. So that's 
all by itself. But I'll send you a link to that because um, I know. Yeah, we'll ch- we may check that out. I know that's a big one, and yeah, every all the cool kids are going to be there, so you got to check us out. <laughs> I'll, uh, but I'll put I'll put a link in the show notes to Manifest because um, that that should be a good one. And I'm I'm interviewing Courtney. She's um, president of Connective that does that. But anyway. Thank you so much, Thad. And um, I really do appreciate you coming on. I think it's a, this is a very interesting topic. We know we are suffering in this business by not getting enough of the right hires. And we, we also know that we just have to do a better job in getting and keeping these folks, making a really good opportunity for them as opposed to something they do while they go to school or look for a better job. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. Yeah, thank you. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.